Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it, so how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. How are you doing? I have a confession to make. (laughs) I wanted to tell you a story about something that happened this past Sunday. So today is Saturday when I'm recording this. So this was just about a week ago when I lost my shit. I have, like I said before, in my first, second, um, I think it was the first episode where I have anger issues. I have always been an angry child. When I see injustice, when I feel injustice, when it happens to me personally or to someone that I know or just people in general, I get angry. And so couple that with being completely stressed out about a certain issue and hypervigilance about when someone gets really stressed out and it's like a, for a long time, they become hypervigilant, meaning that anything, mostly anything can just flip their lid, pop their cork, piss them off. So that kind of is what happened to me on Sunday. A little backstory, and I'm going to try not to get too deep down into the story because I don't want to hurt the situation any more than it's already hurt. But my husband and I have been caretaking for his mom and his aunt for three years now. It's been three years in November. And with this last year being with the pandemic. And my husband lost his brother at the beginning of this year. In February, his uh, his brother passed very unexpectedly. And he was our caretaker. Like he would help us whenever he could to just, you know, come over and sit with his mom and aunt. And so the two of us could go out and grab a movie or go to dinner or just, you know, have a a night's respite. And since his brother passed, it's been really challenging to number one within the pandemic to, you know, to stay here all the time you know, not really getting out of the house to get our own respite, get us some relief, but to get other people in the house to to help us. And he has two sisters that they live very close. They don't have small children. They don't have partners. They do work. One works from home. And I, you know, this past Sunday, you know, with their mom's decreasing health, and her increased need for care. I talked to the two sisters 
in my driveway of my house. And I said, you know, I'm concerned. I don't think your mom can stay here anymore. And it was, I didn't get a chance to finish my sentence because I am concerned about her care. I'm concerned about her level of care. Her need is very great. And it's, it's going to be even greater as time goes on. And with us going, hopefully after the pandemic is over, we, you know, well, when it's over, when, you know, the vaccine comes out and more and more people take the vaccine, that life will return to a sense of normalcy. My husband will have to go back to work. He's, you know, he's working for the state and he works from home now. But when he goes back to work into the office, he's gone all day. I'm going to be working more. My 12-year-old daughter will be going to school. That means the two of them, the mom and the aunt, will be left here at the house. As much care as we can provide from outside the home, it's not going to be enough. So when I presented this, said that one sentence, the vehemence that came back at me was unnerving (laughs) and I'm still shaking about it. I haven't been shaking all week, but I'm right now retelling the story. It's, it's, I can feel my body like get really shaky. My voice is shaky. So that's kind of all I want to tell about the story about what happened. But the reaction that I have, because I know as a peace builder, as somebody who is a caregiver and I think I may be speaking for you, but it's it's hard for caregivers to, number one, ask for help, especially for themselves. And it's hard for, you know, as as somebody who does not like confrontation, it was hard for me to get put myself in that position of being attacked. I mean, seriously attacked. The, the two of them came at me, blamed us said that it was our responsibility to take care of their mother and their aunt and my family, my sisters, my aunts, my, we have a lot of women in my family and we take care of each other. We are the ones that help each other. And when I was just stunned by the vitriol that came out of their mouths. And so I lost it. I I don't even know what I was saying because I was just trying to like, hey, 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 I'm just asking for help. We just, there's, there's a lot of things that need to be done. We have to take care of this now. We only have a few more months before we all have to go back to work and we need to take some drastic measures now. And this intersection between caregiving, between boundaries and peace building is one that it's hard for us to navigate. I think for me anyway, it is. It's, you know, how to create really good boundaries so that I can get some peace. I can feel peaceful in my own home where it's, you know, we share the burden of this. And so after this event on Sunday, I had to find out some more information of how I can get help for me, for my family, for my my husband and my daughter, and how to put up boundaries with people that don't want to help. 
you know, and how who don't want to even talk about a situation. It's been an eye-opening thing to, I, I found this one Facebook group for, it's called Working Daughter, and it's for the sandwich generation. It's for women uh, who are working, who are trying to provide care for their parents or for a loved one. And the amount of people who have siblings who those siblings don't help. And there is such a thing as caregiver breakdown. And caregiver breakdown is something that is insidious because it happens slowly, really slowly, so that you're almost where you're waiting for the next shoe to drop, you know, and as as beautiful as it is to take care of a, an ailing parent, it's like having an, an infant. And not to say that, you know, having a parent is like having a child. It's just that always having to be on the ready. So, you know, without having that help from outside the home, even just a, hey, guys, what do you need? How about we order you dinner tonight? How about this? How, you know, it was just a real eye-opener. And my husband's telling me, he was like, babe, my sisters, they're not going to help. And I kept saying, no, honey, let them say no. Let them say no to, to this request of looking out for their mom, that we need to make some changes, that we need to all get involved. They need to help out more. And boy, was he right. <laughs> he was so right. I, I was still still a little bit stunned by it and I still ruminate over it and that's my own work you know this this peace building within myself to where do we stand as peace builders when somebody comes at us where do we stand when the person that we're talking to isn't even gonna listen isn't even going they they come at you you know like how do we stand in our own strength in our own ability to stay peaceful. I mean, that's the work of monks and people that are very much more evolved than me. I would love to be able to have that skill and that's something that I can work on. But being right now in the midst of so much, you know, I have to take myself off the hook. Like I would tell anybody else, Julie, you're, you're, you're stressed out. You know, you're, this situation is, so encompassing. When I go to work, I have to worry if they're going to be okay, if there's nobody here to take care of them, to cook them a meal. You know, if my daughter's here with them while she's in school, in her room, because she's doing virtual learning right now, what is she going to witness? You know, so I, I have to really be mindful about how long I'm out of the house when I'm trying to work. And so I've, I've tried to like contort myself in so many different ways to, to be able to take care of them and to take care of my work. And the, the fact that that's not appreciated is, yeah. <laughs> I had some really choice words, let me tell you. Being a doormat is not where I want to be. That's not to me, that's not peace building. When you put yourself completely last is not a good way to be. It's easy for a peace builder. It's easy for a, a caregiver 
to be a doormat. It really is. And I was there for a long time. And I, I know when I start to be a resentful caregiver. I mean, in HeartMath, they do studies on overcare of, for, for caregivers who have just, there's, uh, I'll put a study up in the show notes, but of how caregivers have been depleted. And now I think of all of the, the nurses and the doctors and the social workers and the chaplains and all of the, the healthcare frontline workers who they go into medicine, they go into these helping professions because they want to help. And now it's you're giving and you're giving and you're giving during this pandemic. And there's a lot of just strain on their own emotional health, their own physical health. You know, you can learn all these tools. You know, I've done so much training in between HeartMath and Jack Canfield and all these, you know, spiritual practices. But when it's an everyday, every minute practice, right? It's okay, let me do this tool. 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 Because it's like you're constantly being pulled out of your peace because it's okay what's next okay what happened now just what okay what about this okay what about this and how about this and it gets really tiring it does it gets really tiring so this again this intersectionality between boundaries and peace building and that inner peace that sense of inner peace is you know I don't have the answer to this right now because I'm I'm in it and it's just hard so when I know with me and my husband, we're both like, oh, I can do it. I can, you know, I can muster through this. I can put the world on our shoulders. But when, and when I ask for help, it's usually a last resort, you know? And then when he gets like a big effing no, when you ask for help, is just, it, it literally, it took me almost two days to recover from this. And I'm still not sorry, I'm still not completely recovered from it, obviously, because it's not done yet. We still have a lot of work to do, the four of us, to take care of of mom and, and TT. So, you know, if you have any feedback, if you have any ideas on how to manage these in-your-face events that happen, and I really think that we, this is where the work is for us as peace builders, because as we move forward, societal shifting, getting all voices at the table, whether you're a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter or, you know, left or right, red or blue, all of these voices, if we're going to do this work, we need to be able to stand in our own strength. So how to do that, you know, and that's where the work is in that moment. and it's not going to be easy. I'm sorry. It's, it's going to be a little messy. And I think that we need to do the work. We need to get out there. And if we get angry, not to get angry at ourselves, you know, and to be powerful enough to not be a doormat. And I said to my husband after this, I said, they were fine as long as I didn't keep, I didn't open my mouth and I kept my head down. But as soon as I said something that wasn't in agreement with them, 
it was done. It was it was full blown embarrassing screaming match in the driveway of my house, you know. And so now the work is in coming together at the table to move forward with the care that needs to be that needs to be planned. So what needs to happen societally needs to happen in my own family. And, you know, it's a mirror image. I'll let you know how it goes, but this is still fresh. It's still completely vulnerable right now because I I know that I'm not the only one. Like this one Facebook group is just packed with people, with caregivers that are so tired and they've done this work in the midst of a pandemic and it's not easy. I remember when my one cousin was dying of pancreatic cancer and he was in his 50s. So he was young and his girlfriend at the time was, she's a nurse and she was just taking such good care of him. But his mom, so my my great aunt and some of the family weren't nice to her at all, even though she was She's just taking such good care of, of my cousin. And I remember seeing her, we lived close to each other. And I remember seeing her at the pharmacy and I just said, Hey, and she just came over to me and started bawling her eyes out, hugging on me, just like I'm holding her up in the middle of the pharmacy, you know, and this is a woman who is a professional caregiver and she's having a breakdown in the middle of the pharmacy. And all I could do was hold her and, you know, give her that support. But, you know, it's a real thing. Caregiver breakdown is a real thing. And so as caregivers, as people that want to work in this field of peace building, we need to take care of ourselves. We need to stand strong in ourselves so that we can do this work and we can do it with our own resiliency, with our own peace, with our own strength, because we're going to need it. We're going to need it. And I wanted to leave you with a quote from Brene Brown. Her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, is that one of the greatest and least discussed barriers to compassion practice is the fear of setting boundaries and holding people accountable. I know it sounds strange, but I believe that understanding the connection between boundaries, accountability, acceptance, and compassion has made me a kinder person. Before the breakdown, I was sweeter, judgmental, resentful, and angry on the inside, but sweeter on the outside. Today, I think I'm generally genuinely more compassionate, less judgmental and resentful, and way more serious about boundaries. I have no idea what this combination looks like on the outside, but it feels pretty powerful on the inside. Before this research, I knew a lot about each one of these concepts, and I didn't understand how they fit together. During these interviews, it blew my mind when I realized that many of the truly committed compassion practitioners were also the most boundary conscious people in the study. Compassion people are boundaried people. I was stunned. And here's what I learned. The heart of compassion is really acceptance. The better we are at accepting others, 
and ourselves, the more compassionate we become. So it's, you know, when you find yourself being resentful, when you find yourself being unable to accept yourself or someone else, it's most likely because you don't have the boundaries that you need. And this is one of those things that I know I need to work on is to set up boundaries for myself and to be strong in that and to hold myself and all those around me accountable for when those boundaries are broken. And it sounds counterintuitive. Like you want, we just want everybody to love each other and be peaceful and do the highest and best for all concerned. But some people don't want that. Some people don't understand that concept. And until we all get to that same page, we're going to have to deal with these kind of people. And how do you do that peacefully? And again, standing in your own power. So again, this is a is an evolving conversation. I would love your feedback. If you have any questions, look for me on the Peace and Love Amplifiers website, and we can continue this conversation. And I wish you a wonderful day. I wish you peaceful days and pleasant nights. All right. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.